From Potomac Fund Management, this is the Conquer Risk Podcast. Join us as we discuss the business of running an RIA firm and the practice of investment management. And now, our hosts. Welcome to the Conquer Risk Podcast. My name is Manish Kata, and with me this week, as with most weeks, I have Jeff Goodno. What's going on, Jeff? You know, it's an exciting week. I put on a fresh, clean shirt that actually has a collar. Yeah, what can I do, you know? Every once in a while, you got to get out of t-shirt mode. <laughs> yeah, I know. We got to... It's hard to keep up with the wardrobe, but, um, you know, occasionally we, we throw in podcasts where we just talk about industry trends, what's going on in the world for financial advisors, uh, news that's hitting the wire that, that could affect, uh, you know, your business and whatnot. And, uh, you know, as we wrap up inauguration week and get past uh, the shit show that's American politics, we can get back to just focusing on, um, you know, the, the business, our industry and, and what's yeah, going business on. Business at so, hand. You know, with that being said, yeah, exactly. Let's dive into a couple things that have uh, hit our radar recently. Um, I actually posted a tweet on this that, uh, and on LinkedIn, where I took Barron Partners and compared it to Arc, uh, Arc Innovation, uh, and the reason I did that is because I wanted to prove a point about branding and marketing. There's a lot of advisors who push back on me, not only in social, but even in one-on-one conversations. My clients don't care. You know, they've never told me in 20 years to, to produce content or any of that stuff. And it's just a great story because ARC and Barron Partners Retail, very similar. Uh, I think Barron's, last time I checked, had 46% in Tesla. So they're very concentrated, uh, focused on innovation. Um, but why does one completely trounce the other when it comes to assets and flows when performance is almost right. identical um, the thought process is almost identical the over concentration is almost identical so why is that and and the answer is marketing branding and media uh, Kathy Wood who runs arc you know it to her credit has created a, a monster of a machine and it's not that Ron Barron isn't out in the public I've seen him on CNBC and in the media it's just that ARC is pushing the envelope. They're just doing a better job of, of putting themselves out there. Are you familiar with any of these? And, and, and I think you sent me the bad ideas report yeah, at first, Yeah, I did. Right? And, and, you know, I see here's something that I want to key in on. Like you said, you know, you've seen Ron Barron, you know, on CNBC and so forth. Okay, that's, in my opinion, that's a totally different realm than what a lot, a lot of what we're talking about, which is, social media and and other avenues not sort of the traditional talking head with a fancy background and you know uh going on at uh, 136 you know is my my speaking time right yeah. this is about creating and i and i we i we can put a link in the show notes probably for uh you know the video that they created i don't know a few months ago it's that, hilarious it, it's it hilarious. is it's hilarious it's, but it's, it just absolutely smacks every traditional thought process in the face and she got a lot of pushback on it and i thought it was pretty funny primarily because i think it's some some irony here the more you push back on hey that's just not right the more you are actually fitting right into the very video that she created so you know she's talking about doing you know being innovative being being different and it's a very sarcastic video so yeah i think it's funny um and you know it sort of goes into that uh, no press is bad press concept um and you know be well, real listen, so I, I talk about this a lot 
I talk about this a lot when it comes to branding. You, you take the, the Denver Nuggets play in an arena called the Pepsi Center. Do you think Pepsi needs to f- put their name on an arena for you to know what Pepsi is? No. No, but they but they do it anyway. It's called branding. It's called making sure that your brand is front of mind. And I, I think, to me personally, and, and people may disagree, but I think financial advisors need to embrace the fact that you are going to be a media company of some sort that offers financial advice and, and to constantly put your name out there. We've beaten this yeah. drum over and over again. Um, and and so now I'm just going to post things where it comes true. I mean, ARC is a great example. I mean, yes, they've had phenomenal performance. Don't get me wrong. It's not just branding. However, you know, when you compare apples to apples, um, they, they kind of take the lead there. Um, so moving on, there's uh, uh, the next topic that has come up, you and I are both familiar yeah. with, not only because of the software, but the broker-dealer. What, uh, what else yeah, uh, so came out recently? Yeah, so this is pretty cool. Um, uh, to, to Satara's credit, uh, they made a deal that, that apparently, <laughs> well, let's just say it, it, took them a, it took a lot of work and effort, uh, lots of discussions over a long period of time to get Riskalyze to be part of essentially embedded into their system for advisors. Now, obviously, for those that aren't familiar, Satera has several different broker-dealer iterations, but essentially, we're just talking about Satera as a whole. So what they're doing is uh, essentially they've brought in the Riskalyze piece to make up for the fact that their current proposal system doesn't really tell the story of the risk side of the equation. And, and we have, we've been very fortunate. We uh, have a lot of good relationships with Cetera, different Cetera advisors, uh, especially there's a, a group of, of former foresters advisors that we do a lot of business with. And, and you know, they've really um, embraced the risk story, right, as we have conversations with them. But then they'd go to run their own proposal, and it really didn't say anything about risk. So it's like on one hand, they're trying to tell a story. On the other, they don't have any facts to back it up. So hopefully this uh, addition of Riskalyze will help in that uh, discussion process for them. Yeah, and, and I don't think it's one proposal over the other. I think the industry uh, as a whole has all these different solutions. And so as a broker-dealer, if you allow 10 different risk software uh, right. solutions to permeate your firm, you could get all 10 different answers. And and for us, it it's becomes apparent. We have strategies that are a 55 at Riskalyze and a 90 somewhere right. else. And so the advisors are then in a bad situation where they're like, you know, I, I don't, how do I allocate when I don't know, you know, what story to use? Absolutely. So I think the standardization by using Riskalyze here is, is, a, is a good step for this firm. Right. Um, I did some napkin math and kudos to Riskalyze because it's, <laughs> you know, the PR release was 8,000 8, 8, that's paid for by the broker dealer. Um, some, you know, you know, we all know if you do quick math, that's, that's a big, big land for Riskalyze. Yeah. And, and they're a friend of the firm and, you know, we, uh, we appreciate their branding, so I, I think it's a I think it's a win for for everyone involved. Right. Well, in full disclosure, we put the riskalyze number for our models on our fact sheets, right? So we're incorporating some of their information as well. And and you're you're right. I think the the biggest deal, biggest win is the standardization because you know, look, there <clears throat> all of the different risk scores are are you know assi- different variations of science and and art. And, uh, you know, having different ones for different advisors doesn't necessarily make sense for one single firm. Uh, standardizing that uh, definitely is, I think, a win for, for that entire space for them. So, yeah, and kudos to Riskalyze. I'm sure that, that filled up the wallet a little bit. So, 
Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. Um, All right, what uh, else? So then, uh, so then uh, here's one. Uh, I thought this was interesting because, you know, we've, you know, again, speaking of a friend of the firm, I mean, you know, Jason Wink and, and Altruist, they apparently added a board of directors, uh, a, a person from a former Vanguard person to the board of directors and have taken an influx of, of additional monies and capital. So uh, now this is really more kind of your you know, your animal, so to speak, because, uh, you know, you know, Jason, but uh, let's just talk about that a little bit. Well, what's interesting is is Vanguard never got along with custodians, right? Because custodians charge funds a fee to be on the platform. Vanguard would always refuse to pay it. And if you refuse to pay any type of fee, uh, you know, then they put you as transaction fee or they don't add you. And, and Vanguard has always been a disruptor in that space, and they open their own RIA custodian. So it's kind of, uh, I guess, comical now that uh, Vanguard is now going to Altruist because Altruist is similar, a disruptor in that space. I think it's a really good move, you know, to, to add someone uh, to the board of, of that breath that has that background. Because I, I tell you what, I mean, just from scanning social media and the different folks I follow, service across custodians has become horrendous i mean just the other day uh, um, a a buddy of mine is posting about you know td service and and fidel i mean i don't want to pick on one over the other it's just across the board it's just it's just falling off and 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 you and i both know that that's just uh, um, a product of scale right it's just a product of growing too big well what i like to see in this process is and and kudos to jason i think this is just another example of you know while on one hand we see these huge merger acquisition things and 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 we'll speak to custodians right there's big custodial mergers happened the last few years it's nice to see a small firm disrupt the process and that's really what Jason's doing in the custodial space, right? And they're they're just they're making moves, making decisions, doing things that don't fit the norm. And and that disruption, I think, is a anytime you can disrupt an industry, it's a beautiful thing because it makes not only that new disruptor successful potentially, but it also makes sometimes the big boys and big girls think, oh wait a second here, what is it that we're missing? And, you know, just to, 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 to that space, I mean, you and I have taken three calls this week uh, from firms that are asking us what the heck it is that we're doing, right? It's nice to be in that spot and see other small businesses really disrupting their niche. Well, the, the, biggest, the biggest hurdle, I think, is, like, think about it. You know, we custody at Fidelity and TD. They have to do something really, really shitty for us to change custodians like advisors just don't want to change custodians in mass now i can see something where they say all right for new clients we'll use this custodian but you know custodians call me all the time and i'm like look man i'm sure you have a great product but for me to switch everything that's just the last thing you want to do so i I think that's going to be the biggest hurdle but if custodians and portfolio management software continue on this path of my shit doesn't stink um I think Altruist is going to really win a lot of business um, because uh, enough is enough at some point. Right. And I think, you know, we've seen the trend is for more and more advisors, you know, going independent. There are more small RIAs now than ever. 
and uh, you know to to have a for them to make that decision to choose a custodian. I think that's where you know Jason stands out, right? It's it's an opportunity to make a decision yeah. as you build your business that maybe wasn't necessarily all yours. And and again, that's not throwing shade on any you know anybody who's working with a broker dealer or a larger corporate RIA. That's just what's happening. Period. <laughs> We're you, you, for uh, time out, time out. You you know. By the way, it was your birthday recently. Happy birthday! But at, at your age, you cannot say throw shade. <laughs> uh, hey. It's just. It's just it's just not possible. Anyway, yeah, happy thanks, birthday. Um, but uh, what else? Uh, what you got the survey? Come, you got a survey that you found that was pretty interesting. I was I was chuckling about this. Yeah, um, yeah, it's pretty wild. This this survey. Let me take a quick glance here, and we'll throw this up in the uh, you know for those that are watching on our, our YouTube channel. You know, financial technology survey. Now, granted, this was in 2019, but I, I thought it was interesting because as I look at a couple of these numbers, uh, the the biggest sort of motivation of advisors adding fintech was to scale to serve more clients 38 percent was the number for those that are listening and can't see the chart uh, but here's what really killed me improved client experience was the last on the list and it was one percent now i don't know about you i've said this several times you can't scale service and i just find it interesting that you know, so that's awesome to see advisors in growth mode, but it's it's like they they can't seem to grasp that you can you there are ways to grow while also providing a better client experience. These do not have to be opposing entities, which this survey shows essentially they are. I mean, why would you want to grow more and not and not improve the client experience? Well, I mean, counterpoint, uh, counterpoint. I I think part of this is because they can't. Like the the fintech solutions right now for a front facing right. client solution are horrendously horrible, right. and so maybe it's one of those things where look, I can't provide exceptional client experience, so why even try? True, and and sometimes it's a matter of what, and this is where surveys right you only get face value of what's really there. It may be that okay, well I need the fintech in order to make my business more scalable. And then I've got four other steps that I'm going to do by adding staff or changing a process or, you know, whatever to improve the client experience. And that's just not going to be necessarily referenced on this chart. But the fact that, again, it speaks to what you just said, right, that they're not going to fintech to improve the client experience. So, you know, the, the portals and the this and then that and the other if not done right, that's not what they're intended for, not what not what advisors were going to them for. And this is across the board. It's not saying just a CRM or a risk management tool or a you know whatever. Right. But uh, but yeah, I just I I found it interesting that one percent, like there's one one person standing out there going, hey, I'm doing this to improve my client experience. It's just kind of funny. So what is that? What what else is that? Three percent to reduce paper. Yeah, three percent um, to reduce paper. Three percent to save money. <laughs> I don't know about you. I've never seen fintech save me money. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's oh, that's yeah. a whole nother. That's a whole podcast in and of itself. Um, but anyway, that, yeah. that's what we got. So that was a uh, 2019 independent advisor outlook study from Schwab Advisor Services and uh, published on CNBC. So there you go. 
Uh, on that note, I think this is maybe a good opportunity just to test before we hit recommendations to say as a reminder, again, we do have, we've recorded every single one of our, what are we, a 74 episodes, some silly thing uh, of our podcast. We've video, re- I have no idea. video yep. recorded every one of them. They are all on our YouTube channel now that Christopher revamped that and set it up specifically for the podcast. And we appreciate, we're definitely getting a lot of people now, a lot of advisors are now going out to that and watching us as opposed to simply listening on the other podcast services so thank you very much for that uh as my friends at the dry campers would say don't not only subscribe but hit the ringy bell dingy thingy and uh make sure that you get a notification for a new podcast there you go that's an age appropriate <laughs> comment i thought you'd like that uh but anyway uh i always laugh every time i see uh, uh see, that's, those are the guys that uh, installed our solar and lithium on our rv so there you go all right recommendations buddy what do you got uh, well, you know, since it's end of year and we were doing some financials the other day, I thought uh, I'd give a shout out to Zero Accounting Software yep. is what we use. Uh, the downside is every accountant hates it and tries to get you to go to QuickBooks. <laughs> uh, but QuickBooks, to me, is, is uh, I just don't like. They, they get your paws in you. They don't let you uh, have a lot of flexibility or take your data. So Zero, I'm pretty sure, is an Australian company that um, has uh, started here uh, recently, and it, it's just phenomenal. It's so if you like the type of software that allows you to customize things, um, it's uh, it's a beautifully laid out piece of software, and and I definitely would recommend financial advisors take a look at it. Yeah, I you know I, I made that comment yesterday when we were looking at it. It's just I think it's cool to to, to be able to you know see one I click on it and, and it just you know follow down the rabbit hole to see what's there. Now for those again those that are uh, not necessarily paying a, a lot of attention but want to know more, it's xero.com, not. Z-E-R-O. You got to love our English language, right? Xylophone, zero. How many ways can we... Marketing just totally screws up our, you know, making things cute. <laughs> uh, you wonder why kids have trouble learning how to read. Holy Moses. All right, uh, so on another note, let's. Uh, my recommendation is going to be a cool movie. I didn't, uh, you know, I just saw this uh, a couple of days ago. It's called Outside the Wire. It's a new one on Netflix. And uh, Damson Idris is a, a just, I think he's a great actor. He's a young younger actor. Um, but, uh, the dude's, dude's talented and he does a great job in this movie as well. And so to give you a little throwback, the first time I saw him in anything was an FX series called Snowfall. And it went like three, I think three different seasons, if I recall. Great. That, that's also, so once again, I'm kind of giving you a double dip here, uh, both outside the wire as a movie and then Snowfall with the same actor as, as lead, um, for a, for a series. So cool. Good stuff, man. Suspenseful, action, futuristic war stuff. I like it. Perfect. I'll check it out. I'm running out of stuff to, <laughs> to watch. So, all right. Well, that's, uh, that's really it. Um, you know, we'll check back in, uh, in a couple of weeks with some more industry updates and trends and, and try to keep everyone abreast on, on at least our thoughts of what, what's going on in our industry. Uh, once again, YouTube, subscribe, please. We like it. Reviews, we like those as well. Um, if uh, if you if you like what you're hearing and watching, you know, feel free to reach out and offer any other comments. You know, we're we're starting to get a lot more emails and yeah. comments about suggestions, so keep those coming for sure. We uh, we love yeah, to hear absolutely. From you. And once again, don't forget the ringy bell dingy thingy. Peace. <laughs> All right, that's I'm by. All opinions expressed by podcast guests are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of Potomac Fund Management. 
This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Potomac Fund Management may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.